I got the bitchy bitchy lady with no like no stress. She got her own, but she need some love. She got her own, but she need some love. She tell me, say, I want me to make her love. Tell me, say, I want me to pull her stress. She tell me, say, I want me to she warm. She tell me, say, I mean, they make her come. She tell me, say, I mean, they keep her warm. Wine on my body, baby, wine that. She tell me, say, my love, make her wine that. She tell me, say, my love, make her climax. She tell me, say, I want me to make her move. Hello. What's up? How you doing? I'm good. Fine. I'm here. Is this the day? Another day. All right, all right, all right. Everybody knows what time it is. You were back with another amazing, fantastic, yeah. super casual, fragilistic, espialidocious, great episode of Cross uh, Culture. Hello, people. I am Erica Mona. And this is Damio. And this is Cross Culture. Another episode. This yes. episode was 56. Is it? No, it's like 54. Girl. What are you doing? Why are you backtracking? What, what Am do you I? Mean? What, please, please. No, we be, we, be, we be going so hard, I forget it. Please. It's just, on. it's. 56, yes. 56. Yikes, look at us. Yep, 56. Almost at 60. Wow. I think by the end of the year, you will be what I was like. 100? I don't think so. Damn. Because this is October, November, December. Wow. So that's four, eight, 12 Fridays. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> anyway, guys, Dami, what do we like to start with? We like to start with the hot topic. Hot topic. Okay, guys, you guys, we're starting with the hot topics, and um, one of the hottest topics this week is this week we had the um the trial for the case against Brianna Taylor. So we should all know by now that Brianna Taylor was the woman that was killed by Louis V. Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky police in March. Um, and the situation that happened with Brianna Taylor, she was at home sleeping peacefully and the police burst into her home with a no knock warrant and startled her boyfriend and bang, bang, boom, boom. And they killed her. Um, so this week, the trial finally happened. And, um, you know, unsurprisingly for America, there wasn't any real justice. So what was happened is that Brett Hankinson, which is one of the police officers um, responsible for bursting into her house that day, was indicted on three counts of wanton endangerment in Breonna Taylor's case. Um, so what that basically means is that he was charged for shooting shots um, where civilians are. Which, so basically he got charged for the bullets that sprayed everywhere around the house, but he did not get charged, nor did any police officer get charged oh, for Jesus. killing Brianna Taylor. Can you imagine? And I think they're even saying, like, the neighbors, the, like, the drywall that the bullet hit. I think the, the neighbors are white also. Yeah. So basically, they're saying it was it wasn't justified justifiable to shoot a wall, but it is just you could just justify to shoot an unarmed woman seven times mm-hmm. after breaking into our apartment after midnight. Like they literally came to our apartment without announcing who they are. The boyfriend um, shot a warning shot, and they shot seven times. And then so basically, these people are gonna go scot free despite the qu- all the protests. The question I'm first of all, to be quite honest. 
I just didn't want to say it, but in July, I knew that Brianna wasn't going to get any authentic justice because of the country that we live in. Um, but I will say that, I, I will say that um, it's a lot of things that's sad about this. You know, it, it's it's sad that Brianna didn't get any justice. It's also sad that the precedent is, is, is forever being set that police have no checks and balances. Listen, they said that um, less than 1% of white police officers that shoot black people, that, you know, that kill black people are convicted. Less than 1%. And, th- and that's, it's just unfortunate that, like, so much has happened, so many things have happened, and once again, we are in a situation where there's no accountability. Like, even if you weren't going to charge those officers that were in there, I think that there definitely should have been a charge for the mismanagement of the case in an entirety. Mm. In I, I just don't understand. I, it's like, I don't even know what to say. What is there to say? It's, it's just so sad. Like, it just shows and proof again that 99.9, 100% of the time that black lives really are not worth shit to America at all. Yeah. At all. That's yeah. like, despite all the protests, despite everything, you know, the memes, you know, someone posted on Twitter, like, you know, she was used for everything. Used to promote everything. Used to make people look good and so and socially conscious. Used to promote parties. Used for memes. Used as an example. Used and used and used. And for all of this, she didn't even get one thing she needed: justice. Is that too much to ask? It's the justice system in America, and I and and for me personally, once um, George Zimmer- Zimmerman was allowed free for yeah. the for the situation with Trayvon right. Martin. That, that that was a very defining moment What's for me. Yeah, yeah um, and, and that was like the first and real definitive moment that I knew that America's justice, justice system wasn't for African-American people, Hell. for black people. So to me, I had zero expectations for the case. I, I didn't. Th- I honestly didn't think that they it would be the justice that we thought was necessary. Yeah. Uh, and slap in the fistle. I don't know. I mean, there's a saying that says a system cannot fail those it was never designed to protect. So, yes, as you said, how is it going to serve us? There ain't no justice. Ah, it's sad. Because, you know, they gave the family um, $12 million. Yeah. You know, and it was like after they gave them, you know, just give them $12 million. It's like hush money. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and people were saying things like, oh, once the family took the settlement, but I'm like... Of course they're going to take the settlement. I, I don't know. I think the, the shaming of people taking settlements need to end because at the end of the day, like, there's nothing. Nothing. We There's nothing that's ever going to bring the person back. At all. So at that point, we have already acknowledged that there is not equivalent for their life. And they probably already they probably already knew, you know, based on, you know, going you know going to all these press conferences and talking to different lawyers that ain't shit going to happen. So y'all might as well just take this $12 million. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't know. It's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, the fact that the, the DA is a black man. And what is and he even saying concerning the situation? He he really is like, well, at the end of the day, you know, Brianna died, and it was just a casualty of a job gone wrong. But at the end of the day, the police officers weren't, um, you know, necessarily in the wrong. Which I've been seeing that right. So we see people like Charles Barkley and other um, people on the internet maybe saying things like. At the end of the day, the police officers, the actual police officers that were involved, didn't do anything wrong. They were saying that, you know, the, the boyfriend shot at them, and which is what resulted in the shooting. But it's like, how are you going to come into somebody's house past midnight? They said he shot a warning shot, okay? So it wasn't like, oh, boom, he shot any of them. And it's like one of them got killed or injured. No. 
it's just natural, you know. It's like I'm letting you know I'm packing too. Yeah, it's like if I mean I don't have any weapon, but if I hear somebody trying to come in, I don't know who it is. I'm gonna grab a knife, a bat, something. Like you know what I mean? That, that's just a natural thing. It's, and I, as a gun, gun owner, that's what you're gonna do. Like that's why you're I have my gun, gun for yeah. protection. What if it was a bugler? Like come on now. It's the yeah, fact that it's police for sure. officers. That's why. For sure, I, I definitely think that. Um, for me. I don't like that the precedent has been set once again that um, police officers do not have to hold any accountability because outside of the actual shooting itself, there was a lot of things from them trying to cover up the shooting to them trying to blame it on a boyfriend to the person um, of suspect of pursuit was actually already in custody. Mm -hmm. There's just so many aspects of this case that I'm like, somebody should have had some sort of something. And for it to just not be, it just is. This is America. Yeah. This is America. This is America. Mm. But rest in peace, Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace. Um, You know, I'm sad that this is her legacy. Mm. You know, because, you know, as people that sit here and think about what our legacy is going to be, especially with us with having a podcast and everything like that, um, I would never pray that my legacy is um, being an example for Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Black Lives Matter is a noble and and, and very, very worthy cause. But I don't want to be the poster child for you that. Don't you know, face for that. you don't. You don't want to be the fo- pay, the face, face for that. Injustice. So for mm-hmm. for Brianna Taylor, you know, I pray for her. I pray that I'm sorry that this is your legacy. That this was what uh, that what your life ended up being um, known for. I'm sorry that. You did not see justice. I'm sorry that as a woman and, and as a community, we didn't go as hard for you as maybe we might have gone for George Floyd or other other people. And I, I, I just want, um, I pray for Brianna's family. I pray for her mother because no mother should have to bury a child or go to a case for a child from police killing your Man, kids. Man, I pray her spirits hunt those motherfuckers. That's no, I do, I do, I do believe that if people don't get their um, their justice in the court, I believe that God gives the best justice of, of course, all. Still so, so those people that were part, that really, really, really had a hand in it, that really were the cause of it, I know that those people will suffer at the hands yep, of God. From the, from the police officers to lawyers to judge everybody. Mm. Anyway, next in news. I didn't. I think this is one brand. I just never knew how to say their name. Is it Louis Vuitton? Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Okay. So basically, um, Louis Vuitton is being sued over claims that the star boss called black people slaves who eat dirt. Um, so basically, a sales associate, Oliver Kofi, claims he was in the stockroom packing a pair of shoes for a customer when his manager beca- um, began the shocking race rant in front of stunned staff. He basically called Barack Obama a Muppet and said America will be better off with Mr. Piggy mm. as its president because Muslim people don't eat pork. Mm. Um, he said um, black people are black slaves. Mm. What else did he say? He was just going in. So basically, Mr. Kofi, who is the state's associate, is suing Louis Vuitton for racist discrimination and harassment. He claims his manager's tone of voice was cold and serious. So it's not even, you know, regardless, even if, you know, somebody be like, oh, she's joking. It was a joke. It was like, no, like, no, this was cold and serious. He made those comments during a discussion on the origins of the English language with um, 
with him and a few other people. And I guess this happened last year, December. So now I guess the case is just really like, be, you know, coming out and everything. He said, black people are slaves and eat dirt on the floor. It's like. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> you think that much of like, I don't know. This is Jesus the thing about Christ. racism that I don't understand. I don't understand why it is so prevalent and impactful to you today. Like. You know, I think that we just live in a society where, like, I'm not going to say race doesn't matter, but we live in a society where race shouldn't be the forefront unless you make it the forefront. Like, a lot of the time when we have to have these race conversations is because somebody is overly, you know, ambitious in being a racist. Yeah. It's like a major brand. Also, at this point, how many times did Louis Vuitton got to tell us they don't fuck with us? So, my question is, are we, you know, as we said, cancel Gucci. I mean, I've not seen any celebrity says cancel Louis Vuitton. Do people even know? Because I didn't hear about this until you just said it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely news. I guess because it, um, this didn't happen in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, shit, it's Louis Vuitton. People wear this stuff. You yeah, know, Louis Vuitton black, is a global brand. Uh, it's a global brand. You know what I mean? Black celebrities, black people all over the world, they wear it. You know, it's not just an American thing or whatever. You know, so. Damn, they said we were slaves. Slaves. You know, they said he talked about other religious groups as well. So basically, he just, any anybody that ain't white, he mad and he hate them. And it's like, you are a boss of this global brand, a boss, you know, of the store, this global brand that you, you know, provide services to people of, you know, different races and religion, you know? So it's like. I don't understand what's wrong with these people. I don't know. After all, I just get tiring. Like, come on. Yeah, to me, it's just kind of like, damn, what do we do to hurt y'all that y'all are so fucking invested in oppressing us? Yeah. And I hope, you know, he sues, you know, the court case goes in his favor and he gets some money. Because that's emotional distress right there. It sure is. Come on now. It uh-uh. sure is. I'd be like, well, now I got to see therapists about my race and my color of my skin. Because of you now, like, you've caused me some big emotional, at this point, physical distress. Exactly. Like, exactly. what the fuck? So, continuing with our hot topics, we got another person, yet another one, that is pretending to be black. Okay. Yeah, this is like the third one. This is the third one, like globally. So her name is Satchel Cole. And Satchel Cole lives in Indiana. And she is another quote unquote black activist that's admitted to being a white person. Satchel Cole is a community organizer for Black Lives Matter in Indiana. And she has confessed to years of a long ruse in Facebook in which she has been pretending to be black. Like, you could still be an activist, okay, without pretending to be black. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many other activists that we see, that we know. I mean, heck, Bernie, you know what I mean? He ain't pretending to be black. You know what I mean? So why? And I know this is mainly the women that even doing it. That's true. Every every person has been a woman. It's many the women that is even doing it. Because women have the space to do it. Because Because black women aren't fucking stupid. It be black men that be really seeing white women and don't know what black people look like. That That's the thing that baffles me about these things, right? Every time I see them, I be like, y'all couldn't tell they was white with a tan? Let me even look at how. how like, every time I see a person that pretends to be black, I just see a white person with a tan. Like, I am not mistaken on black people. 
When yeah. I see black people, I know how we look. I know our features. I know our traits. Whether you're light skin, whether you are a quarter black, whether I, I, me personally, I can identify blackness. And you know what? You know, with all the, you know, the one we spoke about was the last year, so the one that was like a black prof- professor. And Girl, that Rachel, was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I said last year. And Rachel, what's her mm-hmm. name? And this one, you know what they have in common is their hair. That they, fake ass curly hair. That's what they do. They curl up their hair, you know, because as black women, we wear weaves. We, our hair, our hairstyles are very versatile. You know what I mean? So I think that's the one thing that they hold on to. Go get some little extra tan and their hair, and boom. I like a pass. I'm passing. I could pass for a black uh, woman again. To me, we all as black people, black people. I'm gonna speak to us. Yeah. Um, I want us to be confident in our features because. To me, okay, for example, Mulatto, Big Lotto. The rapper. She light-skinned as fuck. Like, she, 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 in maybe in olden days, might have been like a passing. There's never a time where I look at Mulatto and I don't see the blackness in Mulatto. Right, right, right. You right. know what I'm saying? But I could look at Nicole Richie and see that she's she might be, she's Nicole adopted Richie. by black parents. I can. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. She's like, white, right? Nicole Richie is like she has like a lit, like a baby inkling of black, and I see the baby inkling of black, right? Because mm-hmm. she's not as white as Paris Hilton. Yeah. But I, I, all in all, what about I, Rashida Jones though? Like Quincy Jones people? Yeah. I always could see the blackness in in Rashida Jones. It's just because that Rashida Jones portrayed herself as like oh, as ambiguous. So that we never, you know what I'm saying? It's like she portrayed herself as ambiguous so much. I think that people know her father's Quincy Jones, but we like, oh, I guess. You know what I mean? You yeah. can pass. But it's like, I she think. she could, in a way, pass for, uh, I wouldn't necessarily white, say white. Yeah. But maybe like, uh, she doesn't look Latina per she, se. She could pass as Some not 100% black. Yeah. But it's no denying her, eth- like the fact that she has cult, like some sort of ethnicity outside of yeah, white. definitely. Which definitely. is like, to me, that's how I'd be confused. Like, y'all can't tell when niggas is not 100% white. Like, when when are we going to let go of the one drop rule? <laughs> like, you can't tell when niggas ain't 100% niggas. For real, to me, I know my Negroes. Like I don't, I, it don't, it don't make sense to me that we sitting here and white women can tell us that they part black because they have quote unquote good hair and they attend. Like I because uh, 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 because they date black men. Yeah, like I see people and I'm like, you not black, period. Oh Lord. period. I don't be confused. I don't know why people are so confused about our blackness. <sighs> okay, so. Speaking of blackness, black women, oh Lord Jesus. So Tory Lane, so we know the situation when Meg the Stallion, um, she got shot by Tory Lane. What, maybe like two months ago? Now three, two, three months. No, that ago? shit was like three, four months ago. Three, four months ago. Okay, because mm-hmm. it was like during summer. It was like July. Damn. Um. So basically, we know the whole case, right? Um. So now Tory Lane has finally spoken up. You know, he he uh, he made an Instagram post yesterday that. I'm finally going to speak my peace and speak my truth at 9 p.m. I'm thinking, like, he's going to go live or he's going to make a post. This man literally dropped an album called Daystar, a 17-song album, and it's like damn near each of the songs is him dissing Meg, just giving um, accounts of people who, like, he talked about Kelani and JoJo who dropped him 
from their songs and, and stuff. He talked about Meg's team. He says that basically the main song where he talked about the shooting, not even the shooting, but about Meg, is um called is the song called Money Money Over Money Over Fallouts, I believe. That's the name of the song. Mm. And he was saying, Oh, um, how come Meg you got shot but the bullet didn't hit any bones or tendons? Um, why is your team trying to pay me? Because of you, I lost ten million dollars. But now, I, but anyway, I got ten million followers who gonna back me up. Is it way he's saying maybe he was in love with her? You know, he had his he had her back. Um, but she didn't tell her bestie that she be you know taking flights to come and see him. And then you know that night she got shot. They were all together. It was him, uh, Meg Thee Stallion, her best friend, and Kylie. And he also made another song talking about how, yeah, Kylie was sexy. You know, he, she makes his body move. But Meg with the stallion was mad mm. that day. But it was like, Meg, you know, if you know, I could, I would have followed you that night. It just nonsense. And it's like, okay. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. I'm like, all this nursery rhymes, all this singing that <laughs> you're giving us. What happened? Go, go, go. He still did not say he what still happened did not that, say. that night. If you ain't shoot her, who did like if you didn't shoot her, who did? Because they said like you know from the bu- um, bullets and the bullet powder, it was traced. It was his gun. Here's my thing about t- Tori, the goofiest nigga I ever seen in 2020. Like, like honestly, honestly and truly, this is the most unnecessary. Very. Um, you know it, it's un- distasteful, just disrespectful. And, 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 and it's just like, I see a lot of guys. I see a lot of guys. Like, I see a lot of guys who were excited to listen to Tory Lanez. Of course. And, you know, I'm not saying that you got to hate the nigga, but I'm just saying read the room. Mm. You know, like, even if, even if you're closeted or whatever, like, you never cancel Tory Lanez or whatever your your situation is which I disagree with but I will give you that freedom I think that in the in the wake of what is happening with Breonna Taylor uh amidst everything that's happening it's just ugly and distasteful and disgusting for Tory to be trying to disprove a shooting that has already been proven um it's just it's just like you really came out with the dish slash bag track because he was begging for her back too from some of the clips that I heard. He was like, oh, we could have been this and we could have been that. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, like, you really use this situation to, to make money. Like you're really, and you know, I like what Kiki Palmer said. You know, she made a post. You know, she's like, I'm not trying to get involved, but she's just like, imagine being Meg the Stallion situations. Because, you know, we, uh, we've all had some type of trauma. Some negative mm-hmm. things happened to us that somebody may have done to us. That, you know, because that we're not in the spotlight, that yeah. people don't know about it, yeah. right? So imagine, you know, whether you were molested or raped, attacked or insulted, or abused or just whatever, whatever the case may be. And now the person made a song about it, right? An and album. And that whole album about it. And people are listening to it, talking about, oh, this shit, Loki. It's, it, he's it, saying this, but it's fire. He's saying, you know, he's trying to make money. And it's like, in a way, he's making jest of you, calling you a liar, you know, you know gaslighting you. It's quite insulting. This time and age that we're, you know, it's just like, I still don't even get the point. It's, I, I don't, even, I still don't understand it. Then he was just talking so much shit, talking so much smack. I'm this and that. You know, I got this. You know, trying like he, like he's some hood motherfucker. What I want Tori to go to hell. Yeah. I do. And you know, when I, I've like redirected the ideology of go to hell, but I really want Tori to be like, 
I want Tori to understand that this is nonsense. It is bullshit. It is fuckery. It is distasteful. It is unnecessary. It is all the wrong things. It's all the wrong things. It's anything wrong that you can think of, it's that. That's what it is. Anything. Because I, I... and it just, to me, as a black woman, because I see a lot of, oh, black women log off Instagram or whatever, whatever. To me, it just proves once again that um, the intersection of being black and being a woman will never cease, right? Yeah. Because these are two extremely strong uh, oppressions. Yeah. Two extremely strong oppressions. And I just, and I just want um, black men... The black men that care about us, because there's some that don't care about us. T.I. You, you already lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, T.I. Exactly, T.I. You already lost. It's nothing I can say to T.I. It's nothing I can say to Clifford. Yeah. Because for him to even, it's just nothing I can say to Clifford. But I just want all black men who maybe have a choice, I want them to understand that, like, misogyny and racism are not fun. Yeah. It's just not fun. And I want them to understand that, like, we are trying our best to be seen. We are trying our best to be heard without stripping you of your masculinity. And I just want you for one second, black man, I just want you for one second to hear us and see us for the things that we are saying and the things that we are complaining about and not just see it as black bitches be, be wild or black, black bitches be having attitudes or whatever they say about, about black women. I want that. I want black men to really understand that, like, this shit hurts. It's hurtful. It's painful. And it's like, damn, like, what What can I do? Listen, when Malcolm X said the most disrespectful, per- the most disrespectful person in America is the black woman, the most unprotected person in America is the black woman, and the most neglected person in America is the black woman. In all these cases, from Meg Thee Stalin to Breonna Taylor, you know what I mean, that we've just all discussed today, that just proves it all around. I was trying to tell somebody that I feel like this Breonna Taylor situation, um, I feel like the only people that went hard, hard, hard was black women, and it's just unfair that, like, when we have these police brutality situations, it just seems like the men get glorified yeah. in the situations because it's like, I'm still not off Sandra Bland. Oh, Jesus. I'm still not off Corinne's. I'm still not off, yep. you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's Rakia. It's I'm so still not off names. so many women that, like, we got our shit pushed back, too. We got, you know, we got killed and yep. all type of stuff. But people don't see that because, you know, with us, it's always deemed that there's some sort of loophole, that there's something that justified it. And I just... But real quick, I want to ask, do you think, you know, you know, we listen to the song, the little clips, you know, do you think that Meg Thee Stallion, you know, besides the shoe, do you think Meg Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez had a little something going on? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Meg and Tory was talking. You could tell. You could For sure. Meg, like, we knew that, though. We knew that before anything happened. We knew that Meg and Tory was talking. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they had a little vibe. Something was going on between Megan and Tori. Yep, and I feel like maybe she didn't want to go public about it because it's like, you know, fuck how he is and he short as hell. For his goofy ass to be talking short about, oh, you ain't good. even tell your best friend. You a lame. Why you taking secret flight? You a lame. Who, like, G, you like, a how, lame. How, how old are you, G? You a lame. Like, I just can't I just can't even express. Like, you're a lame, This G. is what freshman college You a do. lame because it's like, okay, like, what's yeah. your point? So I'm ashamed of you? You reinforcing that? 
Period. You reinforcing I'm ashamed of you? Now you see why. Now you see why I ain't tell my bestie. Because she probably was like, what you doing with him? Little short ass five one five two. I'm five five. Me myself, I'm five five. No, you know in the songs he was like, oh, now now I'm five three, but I'm actually five seven. It's like, boy, bye. You still little as hell. <laughs> You're five seven. Oh, that once big again, head. still not my type. Yeah, still not my type. Oh, lame ass, goof ass, dusty ass, real lame, stupid no, ass no nigga. Like that whole shit really blew me. It's sad. I hope Meg is okay. I'm, I really hope it's okay. Yes, pray for um, Yeah, I wonder what the final case will be regarding this situation. And also, I'm sorry, I just got to speak on it. Why the fuck would Tory Lane sit here and talk about, yeah, I got a crush on Kylie? Get your goofy ass, real goofy, oh, stupid ass. Like, that blew me. That me. really upset me. And, you know, it's just kind of like, really okay, why, why was this necessary to the story that what you were revealing? What's the point? Talking about she said he said he looked like she looked like a baby manger, like a Christmas baby. He just described her and said, It's like Kylie, Ky- Kylie, Kylie, lip kick Kylie. Stop I, it. I told you that she won't be that she played the role. I knew it. No, I she knew played a role that night. I knew that at the end of the day it wasn't by mistake that they were with Kylie and then woo, 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 they got and shot. I'm sure but he did too much with all of them being there that night. I'm sure And I'm sure she addressed him and I'm sure he got the he got a gun because he's a weak short nigga. Like that's the thing. Like we all keep saying he's short, but I want people to understand that short niggas really be like this. We're not just calling yeah, these no. it's a real reason why women don't date short men, because short men have complexes. It's not just because they short. Yeah. It's not just we're not it has just to be a really complex. Yeah, short like man. like short men have complexes. Short yeah. men really be feeling like I'm not man enough, so let me shoot a bitch to prove that I'm a man. I'm like short men do that. That's man a short man, man thing. That's why we don't date you under five, eight niggas. Yes, I've dated short men. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't, I ain't dating no short ass niggas. I did a short man. I ain't gonna stunt. You got to be decent. five ten to ride this ride. Oh, oh. 5'10", no less. Oh, okay, 5'11", really. I mean, you could be short, but long and tall in other areas now. Come on now. All that shit don't matter. Be tall. For me, as long as you're confident and, you know, you're okay with me saying, hey, you are a short man. It's like, yeah, I know you're, you know, you know, I did a man and I was like, oh, you know, initially I'm like, with you being short, it was like, you know, he was like, yeah, I know that I am short. (laughs) I I had to get that out. You know what I mean? Like, get out of my system. Like, you are short Like, we all know you short. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm short. You know what I mean? And so... Anyway, next on the list. What's next on the list? If you're not five ten, then don't talk to me. I'm sorry. All right. Um. So next on the list, let's go in some other global news. So in Vietnam, police seized three hundred and twenty four thousand, three hundred twenty four thousand used condoms being recycled and resold. That's can you disgusting. No, but can you imagine? That's disgusting. You know, and I, I, you know, is is in Asia. They are the one. They are the original four one nine. Asia be doing too much. They are the original four nine. By four nine, the original fraudsters. They are the originals. They're the ones who make from fake rice. You know, because now they start to export fake rice to African countries. They make fake lettuce. I literally, do you see these videos? You know, what I'm saying they said they're selling chicken, but they're selling you rat meat and cat's meat. Okay. Ew. You know, like not to be on some whatever bogus shit, but no, they really but do make be everything. Countries. A lot of things that they do, you know, think about it, a lot of things with fake, even with fake drugs. They're the one who started making counterfeit products and selling it for, you know, selling it to make money. And it's like 
Is it that y'all just that lazy? Y'all just that thirsty? Y'all just trying to... But to sell fake condoms and this, the, the fact that we know that STDs and AIDS is a major issue. How do you recycle a condom, how, like, how, how well are y'all finna clean this shit? No, Put it in d- hot water? How do you recycle a condom? Do you, like... Do you do you pour out the semen? I guess. Like, That's disgusting. Uh, that is literally... Like, I, I'm... It's, it's up there for me for a top five disgusting app. It's disgusting. So basically, police raided a warehouse in the southern Bingdong province on September 19th. This is recent, okay? And arrested the owner. Owner's name is Pham Phi Thang Hong. The 33-year-old mm-hmm. told police she had been receiving the used condoms once a month from an unknown person. Unknown? Her alleged role was to clean, dry, and sort the condoms before making them look fresh again. For new customers. How you make condoms look for... Gee, I need to see a recycled condom. I mean, because... I, I, I do. I need to see a recycled condom. Think about it. They probably, you know, whatever it is, you know, flush with hot water, maybe put some little insecticide. I don't know, whatever. Put some little oil. Put, in, put it in the wrap. And then typically, when you're about to use the condom, you know, you're not really, really looking at the condom. Like, let me see. Is this a fresh or recycled condom? You not know? you saying you insecticide. Know, I, I don't know. Something. It's like, you know, think about it. Like, in the moment, you just, oh, let me take out the wrap and put this stuff on you know you're not looking at the quality of the condom no that's a fact like you just you know you get it out the wrapper you exactly. assume you assume this you know is a brand it's, new. Not, it's not i've never seen i mean me personally i've never seen a condom wrapper that says recycled that's that's the thing it's not gonna say recycled they're sending it as a new condom that's disgusting they're recycling it, but they're sending it as you know, new condoms. So it's not that's gonna a be lawsuit. like, who's so gonna buy recycled condoms? Nobody can you, buy can that. you sue? Is that a law? Like, how, like, that's a lawsuit. I, I mean, feel. it's like, who's gonna sue? Because no one knows that you're using recycled condoms. That's true. You don't know what's recycled. You don't know. So not. thankfully, the police, you know, arrested them and they need to definitely go to jail for no amount of years. But just think about the amount of people who've used it. You know, condom break. Maybe that thing will make the condom break easily. My yeah. My got, you know, pregnant or got any, all this um, infection. STDs. Like, exactly. Or even just STDs from wearing the condom alone. 324,000. You can get all type of yeast infection from that. And even just the men. And then to say that she receives this once a month. She just got caught September 19th. Think about how long she's been doing this. It's just disgusting. Ew. Like, I just be thinking about it. Like, ew. Like, Ew, 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 ew. You have no type of humanity. You know like, I mean? how do you wash? Ew, I'm on YouTube that yeah. washing condoms. I feel like it's just certain things you just don't do. Like, people that make fake drugs, I feel like you don't care about human- humanity. Yeah, because you know, that's something that was really big in Nigeria, um, where they sold a lot of fake malaria drugs or, you know, a lot of fake type of drugs. And people die. Malaria, mm-hmm. that you should take medicine, you should be fine in a week or two. People die from simple malaria. People mm-hmm. die from simple cold, simple typhoid, t- simple... Simple illnesses that you should be able to heal from, you know what I mean, recover from, but because people are being sold fake drugs. So I feel like people who do those things like that, fake drugs, fake rice, fake condoms, it's like you don't care about human beings. No, you don't. You're such a greedy person. It just, it makes no sense. It's not something I can do. I'd rather just sell drugs than to do that. I personally would. I would sell pills or something. Like, you know, the person's willingly coming to get the drugs that they know is going to hurt them. But you, you know? Use condoms that you're not aware of. That that's really disgusting. Real disgusting. Okay, so I have one last hot topic. You know, in my mind. So you know, um, Big Brother is you know Big Brother Nigeria is a big thing mm-hmm. in Nigeria. So basically, one of the contestants. So you know, the contestants the contestants they tend to date each other and stuff. Yeah. You know, one of the contestants he was seen washing his underwear 
the pants, panties of one of the girls. Uh-huh. And it's a big, like, you know, rah, 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 like, damn, why he washing her panties? You yeah, know? how you get there? And it's like they like, they like each other and fit each other. So would you, is it no. wrong for a guy to wash his girl's panties? Yeah. Why is that wrong? How is that wrong? I don't wash panties. Like, if we not, like, I, I just, like, what the fuck? Why are you washing my panties? I don't see nothing wrong with it, honey. If you want to wash my panties. Like, we too. on TV, bro. We not married. Fuck is you washing my panties But I'm for? saying in general, okay, forget the TV, the actual situation. But is it wrong for a guy, a boyfriend, a lover, a husband to wash his woman's panties? Husband, no. Boyfriend, Because I, I wouldn't wash my boyfriend's boxers. I just feel like, one, to me, I try to keep levels of intimacy between... Um, re- between boyfriend, girlfriend, and marriage. And, you know, as small as that is, that's on one of my, like, I ain't washing your fucking drawers if you're not my husband. Man, listen, if you want to wash my underwear and you love me, thank you. I ain't going to say, I mean, of course, it's going to be like, you don't have to. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, here, go wash my yeah, underwear. Yeah, of course. But I, I don't see it as, oh, because, you know, in Nigeria, things like that, it's seen as like, oh, the woman is using you for voodoo. You know what I mean? She's made you a weak man, and it's just a big con- controversy. Like, as a man, why are you watching watching a woman's undergarment? Like, that's do be little shit like that. Uh, that but I, I don't think it's that deep. Like, mm, you want to wash my panties, honey? Shit, that shit's sexy. Nah, don't don't <laughs> touch my shit unless you're married to me. Uh, mm. But anyways, that's pr- basically it for our hot topics. Let's go to Ludo. Yes, our Ludo of the week. This is, I don't understand these people, but let me just play the drop. I'm a Lodo, somebody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes poor decisions, comparable to a donkey. Oh, Lodo, Rabata, woo! Goofass. So basically, our Lodo is another white person, of course. White entities. Uh, another white person. Let me, let me just pull it up real quick. I know it's the it's Wells Fargo CEO, and he made a comment, you know, saying that um, while it might sound like an excuse, the unfortunate reality is that there is a very limited pool of black talent to recruit from. Hmm. What? Honestly, I'm be real. Who the fuck applies to Wells Fargo? Who? Who? Nobody. No, you know, I I don't even agree with that because, you know, finances is one of those. It's regional. No, it's one of, I have a friend who's um, into finances. Uh, Like, that's what he does. But it's one of those occupations that they don't really go for black people. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, doctors, like the percentage of black doctors are pretty low. The percentage of black um, people in finances is like, Less than 2%. You know what I mean? Because it is a typically like an older white man's field. Wells Fargo is a regional-ass bank. It's a regional-ass bank. How many people in Illinois use Wells Fargo? There are people that use Wells Fargo. Uh, my it's, mama used Wells Fargo. It's slight, but in Illinois. Your mama don't live in Illinois. No, it's a It's a messed up statement to say. Yeah. I just think and that. And I don't, I don't believe that it's true. I don't believe that. It's, it's that you guys are not looking for. 
especially a, 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 a black graduate just coming out of college or whatever, a master's degree, you are applying to all type of banks. You are applying yeah, to like also, If you are in that field, you would know that Wells Fargo is a field to apply to. Also, what are the what are the positions? Because I know you ain't telling me there ain't no qualified bank tellers. Because, like, it's a bank teller. I think it's even more than black. black you know what I'm teller. saying? Like, what are you talking about that there's no, like, in what position? What I are think, you talking about? I think also, like, in high positions. Besides, I mean, anyone at this point in age, anyone can be a, a bank teller. Like, I don't even think. Shit, he he's talking about college. it ain't black qualified. I'm, so that's what I'm saying. Like, what are the positions in which you're saying that there are not Like, qualified? this same friend of mine, he, you know, he had a situation where, you know, he said uh, he's encountered so many, you know, you know, white people that they just intentionally don't talk to him mm-hmm. him because he's black. Like, they don't even give him the time and day. And he's like, a lot of the conferences go to, it literally be one, two, or three black people in there and 50 other white older men, you know? And it's like, if they're not giving you the space or just even giving you the time to talk, after a while, hell yeah, you're going to tell your fellow mates, well, shit, they ain't, they're not even going to acknowledge you, so, you, bro, you better move on to another place. You know what I'm saying? So that <laughs> happens. Like, they don't encourage black people to apply for this position. Do you know what I mean? They don't, they don't, there's no diversity. Like, there ain't no diversity. So, of course, it's hard for you to be like, nah, I don't believe that there's no black talent out there. That's just some people. I wonder all the time, how does it feel to be a white person and see black people? Like, how does that feel for white people? Mm. To be like, oh, this is a black person that applied for this position. Oh, wow. Like, what do they think? Do they think, like, oh, this is a black person that overcame standards? Or, like, I I really wonder because, like, for that statement to be made, I just be, that's why I'm like, I need specifics. I needed to know what position this is. What, like, like, are you saying that there are not a lot of black people that apply for the president of, you know, con- customer relations or whatever nonsense. I don't, like, I don't even think it's as far as um. Well, listen, I don't know, but basically, he said this um, um, during a Zoom meeting over the summer that related to the bank having difficulty reaching their diversity goals. Um, and then he, of course, he issued an apology. You know, he said that you know um that wasn't his intention. There are many talented, diverse individuals working at Wells Fargo and throughout the financial services industry. And I never meant to imply otherwise. Girl, boom. I also yeah. feel like white people will be too bold in um, vocalizing their opinions. Yeah. It's like, just shh. Yeah. Don't nobody it's like y'all don't that. provide the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Even, you know, diversity even starts right from college. You know what I mean? People, remember when we were in, co- we were in colleges, like, all these job people, they come to you, job corps, they come to you, they come and, you know, have conversations with you about all these, you know, professions available and things like that. Internship, like, it starts from there, you know? So if you're not hiring young people, young black colleges for internships, how the hell y'all gonna have diversity? Exactly. Like, it starts from there. Don't think, as you said, that, oh, you know, y'all gonna find some black person to be the president. No, because y'all didn't even give them opportunity to start from step one. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. So he is the Olodo of the week to me. Um, but I think that's all that we have for our hot topic. Dan, did you play the drop? I did know. Oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I did play the drop. <laughs> anyway, so let's go into our main topic. Yes, let's get into this main topic. So you guys know that Netflix has been doing a great job with um Strong Black Lead. So with Strong Black Lead, one of the shows that has been taking over the timeline is Girlfriend. Girlfriend. 
My girlfriends. That was not the beat. <laughs> what? My what? I mean, you didn't start with the tone either. We should have had a sister. My girlfriends. My girlfriends. <laughs> I don't remember that second one. That second one, yeah, dude. There is a second one, and I but don't know the tone. Like I do not know. It's like, my Girlfriend, my girlfriend. I just can't sing. It is my girlfriend. I just can't sing. But it is. What's the rest of the chorus? Dad, for thick and thin. Why are you shouting? Okay, it's okay. We got it. We got it. You guys, leave me alone. Basically, we are talking about girlfriends then and now. And we just want to dissect each of the characters because, you know, we wa- I watched this show first in college. I didn't watch it when I was younger. I oh, okay. Was, yeah, then I watched it, you know, recently. And mm-hmm. it's like, even those two different times, it's like, I'm like, I, you know, I viewed it differently. I understood it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just like, oh, wait. And then you do see yourselves in some of this woman or mm-hmm. you see your friends in some of this woman. And just how it does relate to our everyday lives as women, mm-hmm. as black women in general. Yeah, now that I'm approaching 27, October 30th, mm-hmm. um, it definitely is like, ne- like I feel like I'm finally at the age to um, catch up to what these shows be telling us. And I'm like, damn, now I'm this age. So, boom, I could tell you if this is fact or fiction. Right, 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 right. Like, what do people do at this age? And I love that we're about to get into it. Because I think that um, all these women and girlfriends, I think that now that we are young adults, it's such a different experience watching it and yeah. seeing it and identifying it. I so let's start with Joan. I, you know, I feel like Joan is, like, the most complicated one. I think we should start with Lynn. Okay. Because Joan is the more, I feel like she's more of a handful. I'm yeah, like, oh. Joan is a lot. So let's talk about Lynn. How do you feel about Lynn? So, you know, Lynn is like the super carefree, free-spirited, you know, procrastinator. Mm-hmm. She has like five degrees and is not working with any of it. Um, You know, she, you know, in a way, I, I don't envy her per se, but in a way, I like the fact that, you know, she has five degrees, G, and she, you know, you know, school, being a co- college is like a safety net. It's mm-hmm. a comfort zone, right? It's like you're in school, you know, you know that um, you have to study for exams. You don't have to, you're not really thinking about, okay, um, I have to apply for this job now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Your student loans, you ain't got to pay it immediately because you know, okay, I so still after college. I'm in school. Right. Mm-hmm. So basically what she's doing is she's just getting degree upon degree upon she degree. She's finessing the she system. She's system because you do get financial aid, you get some money back, you know what I mean, depending on how your financial aid is. Um, and then you don't have to worry about getting a job, you know, because it's like, and then she's smart as hell because she, she is smart. You know, she, you know, she. I don't know shit about Lynn being smart. I think she's smart. She's just slow, you know, in the sense that she's eccentric. You talking about she's smart, but she's. She's smart. eccentric. You know what I mean? She has like her weird, like you know, dull moments. Her moments, yeah. You know, but her degrees are like in psychology and, phil- and philosophy, and there are more in anthropology. You know, and there are moments if you catch it where she says certain things. You know, they're like, oh yeah, that's because she do have the degree, so she knows these things. You know. Uh-huh. Um, but she's lazy and she's a leech. You know, and mm. I feel like we do know, you know, we have, we've had friends or we're aware of some people who are like that, who just take advantage of you because they know that you are that given open friend who is willing to be helpful, help you, help them through their journey. And she was just, she's one of those that just took advantage. 
I definitely think team. that Lynn represents um, that fear of growing up. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of times where it's like, damn, you know, I'm an adult adult. Like, I'm not no excuse. in college and just kind of doing, you know, in college is, college is such a facade. Mm-hmm. It's such a facade. Because you be in college, um, by nature of your refund, a lot of times you can afford nicer apartments than you would in real life. You get you a nice car. You know what I mean? You can get you a nice... It's just so many things that you could probably afford with um, refund money. And I think that it just creates this facade. And then, like, college forces you at, what, 22 to be like, all right, boom, you done. Get into the real world. Mm-hmm. And I think that Lynn really represents a character where um, she didn't have the guidance. Because I feel like in real life, if there wasn't, like, some sort of guidance or you don't know what you're going to do... Lynn is a real possibility. It's just like, okay, well, I'm oh, gonna yeah. go back to school because you know, I, I wish that I would have thought that far to be like, I'm gonna just be in school forever. Yeah, forever, ever. I mean, because there's some people that you know, right after college to go get their master's degree, and even after their master's degree, they're like, I still don't even know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, after this master's degree, what next to do? All right, let me just get my PhD. Because you know, you probably gonna get a little apartment on campus or by the campus. You know what I mean? You're still with college people, so you don't. You're not necessarily around adults. Adults where that pressure is there. You know? Yeah, because I feel like there's not enough conversation about like post undergrad. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like go to school. You know? And I think if you're one of those people who really haven't thought out your life, the trajectory of life is like go to school, go to middle school, go to high school. Go to college, and then it's like, after college, then what? You want me to make my own decisions? Fuck it. Grow to grad school. Go to post-post-grad school. Go to, you know what I mean? And that's what a lot of people's lives become. Yep, yep. Um, I think another interesting fact about her is that, you know, she's a very sexual person. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I like that she's not ashamed about it. You know, how she said, like, I'm a freak. You know, she mm-hmm. she does it all, you know. But there's a time when she was dating, what was his name? Sabar? Simba? Something. He was, she was Savar. Savar, yeah. Some, you know, poet who was yeah. you know, been celibate for five years. And with her being so sexually free, she wants to have sex. And of she course. said that, you know, her sexuality, like sex, was her spirituality, mm. and I'm like, oh well, some people actually do think like that because you know, mm. sex definitely is a spiritual thing. I definitely, to a degree, I believe yeah, that it's a sexual thing if you allow it to be. Now, it's spiritual, as, you yeah. know, now you know, with our society, you're able to block your mind, you just not even think about it, and just mm. be fucking, just be fucking, because you just want to bust it up. You know what I mean? However, like even the way sex is created, just even think about the motion. You know what I mean? The exchange of fluids. Even if you wear condoms, it's gonna be exchange of something. You know, exchange of energy and all these kind of things. You know what I mean? It is. It's some. You know, there's even this thing called sex magic that some people do too. Mm. Yes, yeah, so you know, they, yeah, yeah, it's a very deep thing. You be you know? doing all the all, is, is all, it, all, the, all the listen. My clients be. You know, I be doing here, so I be meeting different people. G. Um, but. It's like, you know, for her, her sex was her spirituality. And it's like, girl, you it's more to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he definitely showed her that, no, honey, your sex cannot just be. Yeah, it could be part of your sex, your spirituality, if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But it is not your spirituality. I definitely think that, that um, the way Lynn describes it as, like, being free within sex and, you know, um, sex being her reclaiming her independence to a degree. Um, I could see that, right? Because it is very autonomous. It's like, especially as a woman, right? It's like, 
I'm going to do this, but real talk ain't shit happening unless I say I'm going to do this. Right, right, right. And I want to do this. And I get that um, that in itself can be a moment. I think that a lot of the time sex is framed as a a thing that we do to please men. Yeah. And Lynn was a character that reminded us how much women appreciate sex. Yeah, she definitely did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because, you know, sex is usually a weapon against us as well. Uh-huh. Right? You know, it's like, that's what people see us as. And it's like, you know, even with the way we dress, with the way we talk, with the way we act, it's, 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 it's sex. It's like, okay, you acting too sexy, you dressing too sexy, or you can't do this because you don't want to appear too sexy or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So as you said, it's just like, that. I feel like that is her independence. That's her own adulthood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's her own, like, I'm taking responsibility. Like, what she's yes. like in her education, not her education, but, like, in her professional career Professional life, life she's she, like, I know sex. A- exactly. That's what it is. But I her. like that this conversation of independence. So let's talk about Maya, because I think that Maya um, explored independence in a different way. Yeah. Because it's like Maya was the character that um, had a child young, got 16. married young, and had that... Um, you know, lockdown lifestyle, pretty young. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was a wife and a mother and all of those things. Like, she had to think about all of those things. And I think that in comparison to a character like Lynn, where Lynn is able to be like, I'm free, free as a bird. My, my, um, Maya is the antithesis of that. Like, she is really like, she's the antithesis. She's like, I got to do this before Jabari, and I got to do this. Or Jabari. Like, you know, I got I a husband at home. I can't Or Darnell. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, as a woman, Erica Mona, <laughs> as a woman, um, how do you feel about, like, you know, what, what do you feel that that would feel like to have to commit yourself so young? Because I feel like for Maya, Maya was before, she wasn't even up to 25 in the first couple of seasons. I know, right? I didn't even know that. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. And she said she lied about her age. Yeah, she, she was like so 20, young. 23, 24, 22. And she was hanging with this 28, 29-year-old woman telling them that she's 25. I think that, you know, um, yeah, she had a child young, so it definitely, like, accelerated the whole growth. You know what I mean? She had to become an adult at a, at an early age. And, and I think there are different types of independence as well. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, she's an independent woman, but she was also dependent on that structure. You know, because think about yes. it. When Darnell, when her and Darnell um, divorced, she did, She lived with Joan for six months. She sure did. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Six months? And it's like oh, hell no. Because she didn't know what to do. It's mm. like, I have to live for my own apartment by myself. I have to live by myself. You know what I mean? I'm going to be by myself. Yeah, I'm going to still have my son. But it's a, it's a different... That's a different level of independence that you're doing on your by yourself. I, I definitely think that we don't talk enough about how when women have kids and our wives, that's not independence. It's mm. not being. It's not. Um, I don't want to say it's not maturity because obviously it's maturity to a degree, but it's not. Living it's not the full for, definition. It's, it's, it's not the fubu. It's not for me by me. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? I'm not living just for myself and doing shit and being mature. It's very much like I was forced to grow up to a certain degree and now I got to do all this shit to support it. I think depending on the situation, you know, it definitely could be forced, you know. But, yeah, regardless, it's it's definitely a different. I mean, she tried. You know what I do like about her is that 
regardless of the fact that she had a child at 16, she was like, I still want to go back to school. You mm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she did go back to school. Now, it was a struggle. It was hard shit. Heck, she became an author. You know, what's the book? The name of the book? Oh, oh hell, hell yes. yes. <laughs> you know, so just also just show, you know, because, you know, she mentioned how she's surrounded around all these women that have their own careers. But she's working, like, even even though Lynn doesn't have a career, but Lynn is, like, Lynn kind of found herself in a way. Like, she knows yeah, herself. Yeah, like, you know there I mean? is a difference between just not having career. I think that the the independence of not having children, not having a husband, it's different. It's you know different. what I mean? It's different. It's like, you're young, wild, and free. You yeah. like, No matter how old you are, it's considered young, wild, and free. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Can we talk about Maya and Stan? Oh, so basically with Maya and Stan, you know, Maya being married, um, and she wanted to go back to school, but her husband was not really supportive of that decision. Mm-hmm. He wanted her to keep on pushing it back until he started his business first, yes. you know? So it's kind of like, okay, damn. So basically she met this handsome, was he also an attorney or something? He was, yeah, some sort of He had of a, a good career, you know, you know, a better career than her husband does. Um, or did at the time, and he was willing to listen, you know, and he was a listening ear, he was a friend, but there's there's obviously that he liked her, and she there was an attraction, some flirtation going on. That was emotional cheating. If, if anything, that was the best example of emotional cheating I've ever seen on TV. Definitely. Because I think that we talk about um, how women cheat. Yeah, a lot. A lot of the time when we talk about, well, women cheat emotionally and men cheat physically or whatever, because, yeah, men be quick to have sex. But like women, that was full on cheating. It's like we're going on dates. We're talking about my dreams. We're talking about talking our goals. Deep about we're having dreams. deep conversations. And that is a form of cheating. And then he bought her a gift and stuff, an expensive watch. Yes. But as a friend, so I'm going to ask you, as a friend, do you, who do you side with? Do you say... I'm not going to hold your secret because this is wrong at the end of the day. Or it's like, you my girl at the end of the day. You like it, I love it. No, I'm not going to be like, you like it, I love it. But at the same time, it's not my place to tell your secret. You know what I mean? As your friend, I'm going to be like, girl, you. Bo-. every time you bring him up, I'm going to be like, nah, bitch, you bogus as hell because you have a husband. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Talk to your husband. And if it's that bad, then leave your husband. You know what I mean? But to, you know, it is a form of betrayal, too, because, you know, you don't want him to do that, you know. It's a form of betrayal, you know. It's it's cheating. So it's like, why would you do that to hit, to what Why would you do what you wouldn't want to be done to you? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would not encourage her to do it because I feel like, the you know, her girlfriends, they definitely did tell her, like, don't do it. Multiple times, yeah. yeah. But, of course, they kept her secret. Now... I ain't finna be lying hard, you know. Don't don't put me in the middle now because she put Joan in the middle of the situation. Oh yeah, for sure. She, Joan was really in that. She in lied that. that Joan got her the expense. So the thing was that um, her Joan husband was a cover to, up. Right, her husband wanted to get her a watch because she knows he knows Maya wants to watch wants mm-hmm. to watch. Stan, you know the friend buddy bought an expensive watch. The husband saw the watch and he was like. Oh, Joan bought the watch. Meanwhile, the husband already spoke to Joan about wanting to buy the watch. Exactly. So now Joan looks like he's trying. She's trying to take the shine or demean the husband. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I got more money than you. I'm finna buy my girlfriend a more expensive watch. So that's one thing I ain't finna take, bitch. You ain't finna put me in your cheating now because uh, uh-uh, I ain't finna do that. But I feel, I feel like with Maya, it's like they did warn her, but it's kind of like your friend is gonna do what they want to do. So of course. How, how do you take a stance on that? Because it's kind of like. At this point, you know, I've given you my two cents, but you're going to do what you want to do. At this point, now you, because by virtue of you not making a a, a stance, mm-hmm. a definite stance, I'm in it. 
I'm in it. You know what I mean? I don't like, have to be in I it. might not lie for you. I yeah. might not do stuff. But now I'm in it because now you're using me as a scapegoat. I think that's the whole thing. If, if you use me as an excuse, then it's going to be a problem. So would you be like, bitch, don't use me as no excuse. Hell yeah. Okay. And I, it's like, if you use my excuse, it's like, I'm not going to have your back. You know, I'll probably be like, if you call me, I'll be like, oh, I, I, you know, if it's coming a multiple thing too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm looking like a dishonest person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, Cheating can go really, really bad. Damn, you're not going to help me when I cheat. I'm telling you, it depends on the situation. Like, if it happens multiple times and you're doing it over and over again and you're always, you're making me an excuse. And it's shit like, I have a good example. I have a very good example. Uh, one of my family members, um, she became friend with this lady who had, um, husband was kind of like emotionally and verbally abusive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And mm. my family member, like my aunt, she's the type that she'd be like, you know, encourage her to be more, you know, bold and confident. You know, she made her, like, she started helping her dress better and look better, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And they went out more, you know. But mm-hmm. definitely, the f- you know, uh, my auntie's friend and my auntie, did, she didn't encourage cheating. Mm-hmm. Not, no cheating happened, you know. Mm-hmm. So the husband did not like the fact that, oh, hold up. My woman, she she looking extra fly now. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit more confident, and it's because I know she's hanging out with her new friend, which right. is my auntie. Right. The husband was so mad, he went to meet my auntie's husband and be like, um, my wife is cheating on me, or my wife is being involved in some things, and I know it's because, it's your, because of your wife. Meanwhile, no cheating is involved. So now, back to original conversation, you know what I mean? If you're using me as an excuse, this can interrupt my personal life. Yeah, I'm you know what I mean. So, yeah, like it, could, it could get really bad because cheating yeah. can go. Whether it's emotional, physical, like you know yeah. what I mean. We watch all these movies, and these are things that happen. We watch Snap. Come on mm. now, people be snapping. Things could go they really, really bad. They really do. So it, you know, of course, every day it is your life. You know, it depends on the extent to the level which you're doing it. If it's coming too much, and then you adding me to it, then it's gonna be a problem. And if it's gonna be to the extent, well, you know what? Maybe I have to distance myself. You know, but if you're doing your little thing on the side and you're not involved me in the drama, it's a different story. Yes. Because as a good friend, you as well will not involve me in your nonsense. For e- what reason? Exactly. Because it's like, this becomes too much. So, speaking of good friends, let's talk about Joan now. Tony. Oh, you want to go Tony before? Yeah, Tony. Dan, you like, Joan got to be saved. Yes. Tony, Tony, Tony. So, Tony is that selfish, self-centered it's all about me. Talk about me. Look at me. Take my picture. Like, it's just, it's a me, me, me type of friend. Like, and she's not someone who, even if, you know, you know, there, there are some women who are all about their looks. You right. Know I mean? Who they do like the attention and stuff. And, um, but it's one thing if you don't reciprocate that attention to your friends. You know what I mean? It's one thing if yeah. you get mad that your friends are also getting attention. And I've, I have, I've had a friendship like that, you know? Mm. Initially, I didn't really identify it as that. I just said, like, you know, that's how the person is. But, you know, after a while, when you, I don't want to say when you encourage, but when you don't say anything about it, you know, it's like you do encourage the behavior, and then they start feeling themselves, and they do it too much. And then other people start to notice it, you know? And, and other people still... <laughs> In this day and age, in this day and age, being a friend like Tony would not be accepted whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like no. Tony is overly selfish, yeah, and yeah, and Tony would just what's the word? Th- those traumas. Where it's like, girl, you got issues, and we can't deal with that. And it's like you have self esteem. You have big. It, it's just kind of like. Tony was the type of friend that dimmed your light. 
She did intentionally. Too. Intentionally, where it's like, damn, Tony. And she would even say, like, okay, that's not enough about you. It's about me now. And I think that for all of them to excuse that, like, oh, it's about me, it's about me, I think that was toxic in yeah. itself. Yeah. That was toxic in itself. Like, y'all better tell this girl she doing too much. Yep, yep. Yep. Like, that's just not healthy. Like, what? Do you, why are y'all friends if you can't tell your friend she's doing too much? And then it's like, you're n- and she's not there for people. She expects people to have her back to be there for her. You know, Joan was always supporting her, whether it's financially, physically, emotionally, whatever, whatever way it is. But she never returned the favor at all. Yeah. She was never there for Joan at all. And it showed in her relationship with mm. the man as well. And, you know, it's sad because, you know, as she said, she does have trauma. She has, she has an alcoholic mom. You know what I mean? Um, so I believe that may have played a role into, or maybe, you know, she's always said, I'm so beautiful. Have you seen my ass? Have you seen this, my face? But maybe deep down, she doesn't really feel like she's that beautiful. I think for sure for Tony, she just felt like I had to be able to get out of my current situation. And I think that for nobody to check her, though, when she overstep that boundary um it it just reminds me of like how in the early 2000s then we didn't address trauma yeah you know what i mean trauma was just kind of like a thing you know what yeah. i mean it's like oh damn she crazy she got issues this that and the other i mean think about their therapy sessions it oh. was so much of a like it was a big deal it was yeah. hard for them yeah to really go through the therapy sessions yeah i remember a specific part where um Tony was like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't date, like, dark-skinned men. Like, she doesn't yes, date Yeah, because she didn't want to be dark. They want to have a dark-skinned kid. Exactly. Skin kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it shows that she definitely did have trauma because she was made fun of because of her complexion, you know? And she's like, she didn't want her daughter to go through that or her kids to go through that. Tony is a certified gold digger. I think that, if anything, we think about gold digger. Yeah. Um, so how would you feel? How would you feel? Like, you know your friend is a real gold digger. Like, Tony, yeah, how would you she feel? about the money. She definitely is. But you know one thing I like about it is the fact that she has her money, too. True. You know, she's a realtor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She also has her own business. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I don't want to say in a way it's excuse per se, but it's it's leveled a little bit. It's, one it's thing an expectation. It's realistic because at the end of the day, you, you got your own money. you also have your own. And it's like mm-hmm. you, you want someone to also have their own. Where's like a security, you're good, whatever, you know? However, that should not just be the reason why you were somebody because the man she dated, you know, besides the the man Todd that she got married to, the man she dated was solely for the fact that they were they're financially men, secure, which was not good. How do we address that, right? Because in w- with womanhood, with womanhood, I think that that is a big thing that we want to be financially secure. Mm-hmm. We want to have men that can take care of us. And how do we address that when we know that? You know, is this like the sole, like, is that even a bad thing that the sole reason you're with this man is to be financially secure? Uh, it's not a bad thing, but you should also know what yourself, what you're getting yourself into, you mm. know, because I feel like no matter what personalities have to align, besides the finances, you know, people do this, you know, as a woman, naturally you want security. Like, I mm. want a man, I was, I want to, I want to marry a rich man. But the thing is, I'm able to be like, I can identify the potential for him to be a rich mm. man. I'm not going to date a broke man who is intentionally broken. He's not trying to do nothing to get out of that brokenness, you know. But if you just if you just marry somebody just for their money, you have to know what he comes with it. You know, you have to know that, okay, this is not going to be the best relationship. Exactly. I think we, t- we talked about it on, I think we posted it on our, on our podcast page a while ago on Instagram about this young lady um, Nigerian lady, she was like in her twenties, and she married this 
older man who's like her dad's age, and she was the fourth wife. And she mm. said, I basically married him for security because, you know, he helped my family out. He helped my siblings pay for their school. And, like, I live in poverty with my family. I've been out of college for two years. Couldn't find a job. You know, so it's like he approached me that he's interested in me. And I'm like, I want to make my family better. I don't want to live in poverty. I can't find a job. Mm. I'm going to be with him. Right. And she's the fourth wife. And she said, I'm okay with your arrangement. So, Look, so with shit, that, she knows like what that. she getting herself. So you can't even be too mad at that. And it's like he also knows that. I want this young woman, and I'm with her for her beauty, for her body, for whatever the case may be, to make me feel good. So in a way, it's a mutual agreement. I do think that like men just call women gold diggers, but it do be mutual agreements. Because I ain't never, be. I ain't never seen a gold digging bitch without like a without you know not put out or not do what she needs to do. Exactly, like it's, it's, it's an exchange. Yeah, I don't think like men who be with gold digging girls be like, oh, I don't care about shit. Yeah. So let's let's just even get into Joan because I feel like Joan, she is. I feel like, you know, I see some of myself in Joan. I see, you know, I see women like Joan all the time, right? You know, she's a career lady. You know, she's ter- 31, a junior partner at a prestigious law firm. She's a beautiful woman. She has her own house. She has no kids, you know, so she's doing well for herself. However, she's just so desperate, right? Mm-hmm. And she likes control. Like, she always mm-hmm. wants to be in charge, whether it's in friendships whether it's in relationship, anything she does, she wants to be in charge. Do you see us? Do you feel like you relate to Joan in any way, any manner? I think that Joan, because I think with girlfriends too, it's like, oh, I'm just now really realizing what late twenties look like. Mm. Um, I think with Joan, she has this trait of I know what I want, right? And I mean, Joan actually, let me, let me shut up. Drain, Joan don't know that shit, but it's like she doesn't know what she I wants think to. she doesn't. She doesn't state, like, I know what I want, but I think Joan knows what she wants, and that's why she be having issues. Um, what do you think Joan wants? I don't think she knows what she wants. I think Joan knows she wants somebody that wants her. And if she's had that, though, she she finds a way to push them away. That's true. You're right. Even the Joan actor, crazy. The actor dude she dated, now it's a first Alice. Day, yeah, he ended up having a baby mama, but he tried, especially when she had that really crazy jealousy Yeah, thing. that's true. He really tried with her. Even Brock. Okay, she finds, which is Ellis's agent, agent. Mm-hmm. all right? So basically, she, you know, they fell in love. It was an instant connection. It was enchanting, as she described it. And they were dating for a month. And he was like, baby, we need to go to Vegas. And, and they she, went to Vegas, She yep. immediately thought, oh, we're going to Vegas. He's going to propose to me. We're going to get married type of thing. You know, as they're driving to Vegas, she's like, okay, what are we doing? Where are we going? And he's like, oh, we're just getting away together, right? And, um... She was like, well, I thought we were going to get married, you know. And he was like, no. But he's like, you know what? That's what you want. I love you so much. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. They got, she was like, okay, you know what? No, I don't want to get married in Vegas like this. I don't think we should do it this way. Long story short, they got engaged in Vegas. Another time went by. She was like, I want to, I want to have kids and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't want to have kids. But he was like, you know what? You want kids? You know what? Let's just spend some time together. By the time you're 35, you have kids. Mm-hmm. Then she was like, okay, you're not perfect for me. So it's like, bitch, this man was lit, and he was crying. He was literally, he was willing to do everything he wanted, but you, you got to find a balance. Like, she wants something to happen her way exactly when it should I, happen. I definitely think Joan represents um, the ideology that women have, right? Yeah. Like, we really be thinking at a certain age, at a certain time, in a certain space, these are the things that are supposed to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you how many times that's like, even though in my mind I'm like, I'm not ready for kids. 
in my mind, I'd be like, but damn, maybe I should have some kids, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like all my all my age mates are having kids mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, it's like a normal thing for this age and, you know, so on and so forth. So to think that, um, I think Joan, like, Joan also reminds us how ridiculous some of these thoughts are. Yeah. You know, because as we're watching her, we're like, damn, bitch, relax. You so thirsty. You want this. You want that. But it's like, this is what we want. This is what we expected for ourselves. Yeah. Right? Like, I, 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 at 25, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, at 25, I thought I would be engaged and married and working towards a kid and doing yeah, this and doing that. And here yeah. I am approaching 27 and I'm saying, I don't know if I'm ready for kids. Yeah. You know, like it's definitely that society pressure and it, it definitely is real. It definitely is real. And for her, she achieved her, you know, I mean, she, for her career, she, she met her goal for her mm-hmm. career. You know, she has great friends financially. She's okay. And it's like, the, the important things, or I don't want to say the most important things, but the things that society, that as we hold the, as the most important thing in a woman's life, which is relationship, marriage, and kids, she didn't have that, you know? Right, and I like that you mentioned it, because as women, we do that to ourselves. Like, we feel like if we don't have a relationship, kids, or whatever, those things that are, quote-unquote, part of womanhood, we feel incomplete. Very, very, very incomplete. Like, you, despite all the things that you may have achieved, despite how much money you got in your bank, you still feel less of a woman you know sometimes you feel like heck i rather have less money and have a man Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like at least i'll have a man on my arm you know what i mean yeah um so she definitely she she she's also a control freak though you know yes yes i would agree with that that she she feels like she gotta have it her way or the highway for sure and i think you know it just shows that it's okay to let loose you know it's okay to take your time it's okay to not have it all figured out because even when, you know, she got to the point that, oh, she's tired of being a lawyer, you know, she's tired of her career, she didn't know what to do. She quit her job, then she went to go work at a... We... Winsicle? I forgot. I, th- I know she a ended up... She, she, she ended up owning a restaurant, but I do know we got to talk about Joan being jealous of Tony getting oh, married. Because yeah. that was it, like, damn. It was like, whoa. Like, I... I will say this. As somebody that has, quote, unquote, been, been the single friend for a lot of their life, um, I've never felt to the extreme extremity where Joan felt. Mm-hmm. You may feel like, damn, you know, this is a point in our life, and I'm not at this point, and so on and so forth. But the way that Joan carried it to not be, to not celebrate your friend, yeah. how would you feel? Do you think you can recover from that? I mean. Your best friend, like how Joan and Tony were best friends. I'm, I'm, I'm a forgiving person, so I'll forgive it. But it will be hard to, to get back to that same level because now it means that in a way you see things as a competition. You I could I mean? never show my ass the way Joan yeah, shows it's, and my know, best friend. You know, we're human beings. It's natural to maybe some feel some type of jealousy. Now, for me, I'm not a jealous person. Um, and, like, if I'm jealous of something, I would make sure I say it outward. Like, I'd be like, I may see your shoes. Like, girl, I'm jealous. I wish I had shoes like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll say it then and there, and that's mm-hmm. that. And it's mm-hmm. not an actual jealousy. Where it's it a fake envy. jealousy. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. But hers was the envy where she intentionally, you know, she didn't go along with her best friend's wedding plans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, there's something wrong with my relationship. So I have to go fix my relationship. And she was, like, creating problems in her relationship. I hate know? women that 
prioritize their relationship over every, like their romantic relationship over every relationship in their life. Yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, yes, your romantic, your partner relationship or, you know, your partner is number one. However, you have to find a balance. You know I don't say? even think they're number one. You're not number one until we maybe get married. And, and that's what I'm referring to. Oh, okay. I'm referring to. And, of course, it's like before y'all get married, you have to know that, okay, we are even number one in each other. Yeah. Life. It's mm-hmm. not that, oh, we mm-hmm. married and that magically going to be number one. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's a process. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it's like, yes, your partner is and should be number one because you go on both ends. But regardless, you have other relationships. You know, yeah. You have to find a balance. There's sometimes, you know, I'm not going to be there for you, buddy. I love you. I got to be there for my sis, my mom, my bestie, or even my coworker. You know what I mean? You have to find a balance. Um, but her level of jealousy, it, it, it was pretty strong. It was envy. And it's, it, you know, it just makes you think, why? You know, like, it, are you, you mad? Are you mad that it didn't happen to you first? Are you mad that it's happening to me? You know, it, now it's like, it's a competition. And and that isn't fun at all. But you know what? Let's talk about the one man on the show, mm. William. So I was listening to this interview with um, Mara Brockakill, and she was saying how the cult character of William was created to just establish that as as black women, we always complain about there's not good black men, but then here's a black man, and this is how we treat them. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking as I was watching William, I was like. What is the standard that qualifies him as like a quote unquote good black man? I guess in the sense that he has a good career, you know, he's a gentleman, you know. Yeah, he talks all the shit and you can tell he's sexist sexist as well. But um he's a gentleman, but I think what makes him a I think he's a good man. I don't think he's a bad man at all. I don't I don't see that at all. Do you think he's a bad man? I think that like Jonathan I said Jonathan. Um, I think William, it's like he a regular dude. And I think that that standard of thinking that just because a man has a job, um, that's what makes him a good black man. Because it's like, what I think was, it's beyond his job, though. I, I think that he was cool. He was whatever. But it's like, okay, what makes you a good black man in a relationship? Because he was a good friend. But he was good in his relationships, you know? Just think about, so he had two major relationships. He was with Yvonne. I mean, that's the thing. There's no perfect man, period. You know what I mean? No matter how it is. No man is going to be perfect and going to do everything you want. We all know naturally men are assholes to an extent. And he definitely was an asshole. He was a sexist. He called those girls heifers all the time, you know. He always said some shit about lesbians, you know. Sex was just always on his mind, on his forefront. But the relationship, I felt like he was a good boyfriend to Yvonne. Even when he was, he he ended up being with some other lady that was just super bossy for no reason. He was faithful to her, you know. Even when he dated his boss, Sharon, he was a good man to her. I don't think that he was bad. He didn't cheat. That's one thing I would definitely say. He never cheated in any of those relationships, you know. He never spoke down on them. He wasn't abusive, whether it's emotionally, physically, you know, whatever. I think it's the sense that he's not that super, he don't have, like, that swagger and... You know, and but he had his own type of swag. You know, he had good money, and he was a great friend to the girls. You know, he was there for them when they needed them. You know, he even gave Maya money for her school. I feel like he's a good man. He was yeah, an ass, but, but he was I'm a good just man. saying, like my thing is like, okay, in a relationship because he was I, good. At, I think that his relationship. I think that William was a great person. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, William was a regular motherfucker to me. That's what I'm saying. But every man is, though. and every man is. But I'm like, what when when Marvel. Brocker Kill said purposely that she described William as like 
this is a good black man. I be trying to think of like what made him an exceptionally good black man. Because he had a good career. He wasn't abusive, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically. In the relationships, he didn't cheat on any of them. And even the little girl, the girls he was dating on the side of fuck, he didn't cheat on them, you know? He wasn't even the type to, you know, the scene where they were trying to get his boss, trying to get him to get a, to make, to have a booty call. Mm -hmm. It was so hard for him to do that, right? But my thing is, like, I feel like women, that's women on the day to day. What do you mean? Like, from the things that you're describing, it's most women. Mm -hmm. Like, most women have a good job. Yeah. Most women are are faithful. Yeah. Most women, you know what I mean? So it's like these, ordin to me, it's ordinary. Mm -hmm. Now that has made him a good black man. He is a good black man. He's would cool. You, so, he, so you would, he an ordinary black man. Too. Oh, girl, because I feel like Let's I feel like I feel, so you call him a bad black man. No, so I said he's an ordinary what's black, a good black man. man. To you, what's a good? Black I think man a to good you? black man to me is like. I mean, I don't think he's bad. Oh, you know what bye. I'm saying? Like oh, what's a good black man? I think question. a good black man is a man that loves you, that cares for you, okay. that loves black women okay. in general. He ain't show any of that? He did show that. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm not saying. So I don't, it makes him a good black man? I don't think William is a bad black man at all. So what's not the good part in him? I don't even think that he's not so good. So why are you not defining him as the good black man? I'm just thinking, what defines you as the extra, like, what puts that extra title? So, okay. But I'm asking you that. What puts that extra title? And and that's why I'm confused too, because I'm like, damn, this. See what it's a black woman. Mm, no, mm, I mm, look. Mm. I think William is a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think, think it's like you're just not I, attracted to him. No, it's not even about me being attracted. I'm just thinking like I feel like the things that qualify, like that make it a thing for him to be titled good mm -hmm. is like, damn, this is ordinary shit that women do on the, on the general. And he makes, and the woman that has that makes you a good black woman or a good woman And, and that's the, that's the thing. I would love to hear that like good black woman, good black woman. Like, like it's not just standard of a woman yeah. to do those things that like the things that are saying that, you know, you have now surpassed yeah. regular and you've now crossed into good. Yeah. I want that to be the same standard across the, the, the the board that like I this isn't just saying. regular shit because to me I'm like this is regular shit like have a job treat people with decency yeah. don't be an asshole to me that's like yeah duh you know what I mean like that's how I live life I guess she's saying like when you also just think about media in general you know and think about men yeah, and, and, and relationships and they do tend to be the assholes the, you know the even, superb even assholes even when you think about celebrities this, you know the rappers yeah, Tory Lang, the shit that we T.I. the stuff that we see you know yeah I mean? for sure the they're assholes look, you know they don't have those good black man qualities so yeah. for her it's like okay this is this is a regular good like literally a regular good black man yeah, yeah, yeah regular motherfucker yeah. good job he abusive he an asshole you know, he says rude stuff, mm, whatever, mm. and that's with anybody. So I think with her, she's she's just saying, like, this is a regular joke. And I feel like Darnell was a good black man as well. I like that you said that because I think that, you know, the way she, the way that it was painted in the interview was that He's William special. was supposed to be that. And I think that we ignore how how relevant Darnell was like Darnell to the script. I fuck with Darnell, you know, because I feel like Darnell was exactly what you're saying. He's the regular guy because most guys aren't fucking senior partners at law firms. Yeah. That's an extraordinary thing. I feel for William. And that adds to his quote unquote, good black guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he has a good job, but outside of William having a good job, is he extraordinary? Yeah, definitely not. You know, like that. he still do do shit. He still like mess around with women. He still, you know what I'm saying? He still lies. He still does all those things. It's like, you know, you ain't perfect. Now that we're saying it, I feel like overall the show did show good black men. 
Yes. It showed these yes. same none black of, men. None of them even were like from superb cheaters. Joan dated. Even, even not, a little white boy, uh, Tony, was married yeah, to. Yeah, even the other dudes that Tony dated. Um, yeah, Greg, Greg. Yeah. And the doctor. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, they may have little stuff, but they were decent black yeah. men in general. So I do like the show. Definitely yeah. did highlight and show decent black men. Yeah, they, they were, weren't all liars and cheaters no, like we know men to be. Yeah, exactly. Even mm. down to when John was dating that younger guy. I forgot what his oh, name was. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. Tyreek. I just still call him Tyreek. I don't yeah, know his real name. He was a decent guy. Uh-huh. Even um, Sean, that was a former sex addict. I mean, he did her bogus. Yeah, know, he didn't do her bogus like that to me. When he when he when he that decided he that he didn't want to be with her, but yeah. why would he lie and say, "Oh, I was engaged to somebody"? Because Joan is crazy, and, crazy, and we all know Joan is crazy. Yeah, um, but overall, I think it's a good show, and it it definitely does make me evaluate and think about. Okay, it's certain things I do see. I think I see. It's you know I think where I I do see like the Joan a little bit like wanting control and feeling that pressure in myself. Yeah, and it's like I tell myself, hey, it's okay because I don't want to have some mental midlife crisis and end up being crazy like Joan. You know, good because so it definitely makes me calm down. The question I was gonna ask you is, who do you think you identify with most? I say a little bit, of, just a, a tad bit of Joan. I'm not self centered like Tony. I think um, I'm trying to say maybe Maya a little bit with just, you know, being a hard worker, being independent, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, you know, just, you know, naturally, you know, um, I, you know, with my little sister, you know, it was like there are times where, like, I was the one who was really taking care mm-hmm. of, you know, because my mom mm-hmm. had to work a lot, you know, so it's me that will wake up early, take care of her, da, 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 whatever, whatever, you know? So I think in that sense, yes. Um, so I think maybe those two. What about you? I d- you know, of course, I definitely identify with everybody, but... um. I took a test, and it said, oh, really? yeah, I took a little BuzzFeed quiz, and it said that I was, I believe it said I was Joan. Mm. Um, And, you know, I definitely identify with Joan in so many ways. Um, you know, Joan is the stable but unstable one. Yeah, exactly. And, and I identify with that in so many ways, where it's like, I I will do what I'm supposed to do, but life is not doing me like it's supposed to do mm-hmm. me. Like I'm not the one that's found the guy or found the this or you know what I mean. Like I'm gonna be there for my friends and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that, but I'm not perfect. And yeah. I think that that I uh, identify with that so much in Jones. Definitely, so. yeah. I think it's a good show. I think it's a show that you know all women of all ages can really relate to and for watch. Sure. You know, even if you're a teenager. You know, to your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, it's something that you can relate and pick something out of. You know what I mean? And For sure. Learn about yourself. It also does make you think about your friendships too. Like, mm, okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? What kind of girlfriends do I have around yes. me? You know what I mean? Who do I need to check? Who do I need to drop? You know, and also you as a friend, what kind of friend are you? Because mm-hmm. there are all different type. Of, there are all different friends. Different types of for friends for each other with yes. each other. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, they so all have different. Different exactly. Qualities. So I was like, you also made me think that, like, okay, am I, what kind of friend am I? You know what I mean? Am I a, am I a good friend? You know, I like Maya because Maya always spoke her mind. Mm. You know what I mean? But she also heard everyone out too. You know what I mean? Now she's sassy and she, she did a little too much, but she spoke her mind. You yeah. know, Joan was always like the mother. The supportive. She's always there yeah. no matter what. You know, mm. I feel like, um, uh, what's the name? Um, Lynn, she was the free spirit one who like make you feel good, you know, make a joke out of a serious situation yes. to make you calm mm-hmm. down. Like, girl, that ain't shit. Like, relax. You know what I mean? Jonas, I mean, um, Lynn is the friend that's like, if I'm doing bad at the end of the day, I know that I'm more mature than Lynn, and Lynn found a way. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I feel like Tony, you know, even though she may be a, a, a bogus person, a but she has your back in a way. Because remember that fighting scene? 
at the club, you know what I mean? She was like, uh-uh, you know what I mean? Like, she would fight for yeah, you. Yeah, know like, know I mean? Tony, Tony's loyal. She's that's She's it. loyal. She might not be your favorite. She might not be supportive. She might not yeah. be encouraging, but she is loyal. She definitely is. So, overall, I think that's um, pretty much it for our show. Um, let's move on to our next segment. Black excellence. Who is your black excellence? Do you have a black excellence? Truly and honestly, I do not have a specific Who, black Why don't excellence. you give us a dummy word of the week? Just give us something off from the top of your head. All right, um, my Dami's word of the week is. Let me think of it. Maybe you ladies while we just. It is substance. That is my word of the week. Substance. Um, I think that there's a lot of times where we be around people or we do things and we be with, um, in situations that. Feel the situation, feel the moment, but it doesn't have substance. Mm. It doesn't have any value. There's no takeaway. There's nothing. It's just there. Um, and I've been learning more often than 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 before that, like, you know, it's a very important to have something that matters, to have something that has impact, mm-hmm. to have something that has an effect. Um, and, and a lot of the time we just do things because we think it's what we're supposed to do, but to have substance, to have depth, to have meaning to what we do is really what makes what we think, what we do valuable. So my word of the week is substance. Good job. I like that. All right. Let's get into our music. Make me lose control. Music made me lose control. Music made me lose control. Music made me. Why are you doing like this? I beg. Music make me lose control. I'm sorry, the transition was sudden, so can you do You weren't paying attention. No, it was. It was just was like... That was a very long pause. Okay, go it's, ahead. It's okay. We don't do it three times already. Okay. Anyway, what's the music, Jadri? So basically, Marvin Gaye, um, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On? How does the song go? I stay trying to sing what's something. What's going on? Do, do, do. Yeah. Mm, whatever. Anyway, now it replaces the Beatles as the greatest album of all time. Mm, that's great because that is that a good is, album. Yeah, that is a good album. All jokes aside. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like uh, all ages. You like it no matter. Yeah, what. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely like a. It's just a good album. I've listened to that full album. It is a good album. Yeah, definitely. And it's to think that you know his legacy is still reigning. G. I think that's exactly. Especially after his daddy killed him. Oh, that's such a tragic story. Mm-hmm. That, that, Marvin, tragic. that Marvin Gaye story, story. Honey. Have they done any movie about Marvin Gaye? No, they, they about to do one. They about to do one on um, Rick James, bitch. bitch. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's get into this. Kanye West. So Kanye West has been on a Twitter rampage. And in the most recent Twitter rampage, he tweets how he's going to give good mu- good music artists back 50% share of their masters. Um, And if you guys don't know who those good good music artists are. Those are people like Common, John Legend. Oh, Common is good music? Big Sean. Mm. Um, Two Chains. Pusha T. Those are all good, good I did good not know artists. that. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that's good. That's really good because I know only your masters is really, really important as an artist. A lot of know? them said that he capping, but... And it's quite possible because, you know, yeah, one moment he's saying... Kanye crazy. Yeah, we know he, that. He got issues. But, you know, I know um, Big Sean Twitter is saying that would help a lot, you know. 
if that's to be the case. So I really do hope he does that, you know? I do, because, you know, one, Kanye be talking too much. And two, I think that, you know, I'm not in the music industry, but I do think that artists should have a percentage of their masters. Exactly. And a huge chunk of their masters. Yeah, like, you the one who sang the song, putting yeah. the energy, sweat, and everything. Like, come on now. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, um, Moneybag Yo and Black Youngster. They have an album out together. It's called Code Red. Um, it is 13 songs. I'm trying to see what they're fe- So, um, Yo Gotti. I definitely expect Yo Gotti to be in it. Mm. Um, I like Yo Gotti, actually. I do like Yo Gotti. Um, who else do they have? They have Big 30. They have um, Pooh. I don't know who this is. Well, they got some people. I ain't going to hold you. That's not my lane. That's yeah, not it's not lane. my type of music I listen to. But every now and then when I do catch, like, Moneybag song, maybe on Instagram or something, I'm like, oh, it's decent. Yeah. You know what I mean? He definitely has, you know, certain hits for a certain, like, I guess, demographic. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Um, sure. I don't listen to Black Youngster. He be... He Black like, Youngster, again, that's another person. I hear his hits, but I don't look for his deep cuts. Yeah. I don't even know it's it's him sometimes. I'll be like, wait, who's this? Exactly. Yeah. Like. This music industry shit is crazy. It sure is. Um, next on this, Bryson Tiller. He re-released Trap Soul today. Um, so you guys can go check out the deluxe album of Tracks oh, Trap yeah, Soul. And that's about four extra songs. And honestly, if you guys follow um, Bryson Tiller on SoundCloud, a lot of those songs are the songs that he released on SoundCloud. So, mm. yep, that's that for the Bryson Tiller music. So let's go into TV. Okay, so the 2020 Emmys, it happened, I think that was last week. Yes. Um. So just a few of the wins. So Zadaya, she wins Outstanding Lead Actress in Drama Series for the show um called Euphoria, which was on HBO. I never watched the show, but I Oh, you, you didn't you watch Euphoria? Uh-huh. Oh, Euphoria was really good. Really good, Zendaya, okay. Zendaya definitely deserved that. Whatever okay. she got, she deserved. And some of the, the other nominees for that um. Same um, outstanding lead actress um, Sandra O oh mm. in Killing Eve. Sandra O oh is Christina, Christina from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I know that. I heard that show is really good. Mm-hmm. Jodie Corner also from Killing Eve. Mm. Um, Olivia Colman from The Crown. Mm. Laura Linney from Ozark. Ozark is a very mm-hmm. good show. Um, Jennifer Aniston from The Morning Show. I don't know what nice. that show is. That's that show. That's like an Apple TV show with Jennifer Aniston. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, um, for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie, Uzo Aduba, she wins for Miss America. Uzo, she played, nice. um, she played Crazy Eyes in mm-hmm. um, Orange is the New Black. Yes, and that, that Miss America is on Netflix. It's on my to oh, watch. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Other nominees were um, um, Jean Smart from Watchmen, Tony Collette from Unbelievable. Tony Collette is a very, very good actress. Um, Holland Taylor from Hollywood, Tracy Ullman from Miss America, Margot Martindale from Miss America. Hey, I need to watch this Miss America. Did you watch Hollywood? Yeah, I watched Hollywood. I loved Hollywood. I watched Hollywood, yeah, that's a good one. I I love Orion Murphy. I ain't gonna stop. I love Orion Murphy. Oh, yeah. Ryan Murphy does Glee, American Horror Story. What role do you play in American Horror Story? No, he's the, like, writer and producer. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I finally done. I know I mentioned the show Ratchet. I finally done. I'm finally done with it on Netflix. Damn, it's you finished show. it? Hell yeah. I didn't even start I yet. Like I know it's like gonna that. be good, but I haven't started oh, it's, yet. Oh, it's it's a de- it's, it's decent. Um, oh, um, Sophia really? Kennedy. Gee. Oh, she she killed it. She killed it. Damn, She's a great. I'm behind. One thing I noticed is that I feel like you know actors that could play 
roles of characters with um, mental disorders, mm. especially like all those um, split multiple disorders. I feel like you are the bomb. Okay, like that you could do it to the T and you could see the switch yeah. of each character, like yeah. each personality. Like yeah. it's just like boom, 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 like just on beat. I'm like, boy, I want that type of talent, boy. Like I need to stop practicing the mirror and see if I can do that. Yes, like yes. I feel like if you do that now, nah, you you just on it. And she she definitely did it. I hope she eventually wins something for that. It's a thousand percent a different type yeah. of talent. And of course Sarah Paulson, she's dope as well. She she has that creepy vibes just naturally, mm-hmm. you know, just weird. Um, so it's a good show. Speaking of Netflix, on Netflix there's this um, documentary called The Social Dilemma, which really captures what social media is and how it works and how a lot of these things were intended to be versus what they are today. So hmm. I thought that was a very interesting watch. Really? Very, very, very interesting watch. If anybody is interest, um, interested in documentaries, 100% recommend. Oh, what's it tending to be? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, oh, okay, it, just, it, it really does let you know how... Um, as, as a generation, I think we are one of the few last generation of millennials that remember what life will be like um, before before technology took over Thanks. our life. Yeah. And, and it really just talks about how how technology has taken over our life and how a lot of the things that we see is pseudo. Yeah. It's pseudo. Like, I, I um, you know, I was just teaching the emperor's new clothes, mm-hmm. that story. Mm-hmm. And as I read that story, I said, damn, that's our life today. Yeah. It's a bunch of people that um, will lie to themselves to feel like they are wearing the hottest shit when really y'all not doing nothing. Mm. And when I read The Emperor's New Clothes, I was like, damn, this is real life. I haven't read that in a long time. Yeah, I know, right? So I I just recently taught it, and it was just like, that's us. Like, we really will do whatever just to seem like we have a a certain thing. And it's like, we don't have nothing. We naked. We're really naked out here. I mean, it it says that, you know, social media, it has, you know, we, you know, us that we're in our 20s, it makes us feel like we don't have shit going on with our lives. Yes. Because we see everyone doing this, Wayne Gucci, all hyped up, whatever, just money. But it's like, it's just, it's fake. It's all fake. Like, Like, there's so much. No substance. There's so much that's so fake. So, The Social Dilemma is a great, great documentary to really, like, almost ground yourself because it reminds you that, like, all this shit is fake. Mm hmm. I like that. All right, so I don't have a quote for today, but I definitely want to play just a little clip. Um, this is by, um, let me see what her name is. I am Tanachi. It's on um, her Facebook, on her Instagram, and it's something that she said about, or it's basically some, a little poem that she wrote for Brianna Taylor. So I'm going to play it right now. Because somehow you feel familiar to me, like fat. I want to call you Brie, because somehow you feel familiar to me, like family, like a cousin or baby sister gone, not lost but taken. Don't be mistaken, we shorten names out of love. They shorten lives out of hate. We won't wait to scream your name. So in the earth realm, it always remains. Breonna Taylor, tattooed on the winds of when there is no wind until women are remembered like our men. Breonna Taylor, so your name flies high. Breonna Taylor, tell heaven we cry aloud. Proud of who you were, angry for who you didn't get the chance to become. Breonna Taylor, a life ended too young. Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland. Breonna 
Taylor, you're not invisible to man. Breonna Taylor, Rakia Boyd. Breonna Taylor, your life won't be void. Breonna Taylor, Charlena Lyles, we won't forget, we promise. Breonna Taylor, Tierra Thomas, say her names, say her names. Breonna Taylor, justice is the target we aim. Breonna Taylor, her name will forever speak. Breonna Taylor, sis, rest in peace. And that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for joining me. Today. This is Browse Cultured.